You're listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. All right, well, welcome in, everybody, to the SLT Podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Sam. I'm Alex. And I'm Courtney. Hey, we did it. Well, you guys, I hope y'all are doing okay. I don't know about you guys, but I have like discovered a whole new world and it's called the outdoors. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, it's copyright, dude. Um, Whenever I am walking around my neighborhood, I am just discovering new people and new things like I didn't even know existed. And so it's been fun. I don't know. So have you guys been experiencing the same thing? Have you guys seen people that you've never seen before? In a way, I see a lot more people running on my street and making me feel bad about myself. So, Do you think they're running from you? Or what do you mean? I sure hope not. I'm in my house. So. Did you like sneeze or cough in their direction and they just like fled the scene? You know, we have been seeing, um, we live on the river walk in Fire Mound. And so there's a big, uh, long lake river type thing. I don't really know exactly. It's a river walk. Okay. It's a river. Definitely a river. Um, Generous. And a man-made river, might I add. But there are all of these little baby ducks that are here. And so it's really fun going on walks right now because you see all the mama ducks with their little ducklings following them. And um, it's really sweet. So that's something that I've been seeing that's new in the last couple weeks. I noticed that all the bikes at Walmart are sold out. Yeah, which, Target too. Which means people oh, are, so true. are biking more. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been biking a lot, and we're looking to get the boys big boy bikes. But everywhere is sold out, and yeah. so yeah. it's super lame. I don't know about you guys, but I hope and pray that this kind of ends, you know, rather quickly that we can get back to regular life. We'll see. I don't know. But speaking of prayer, man, that was a good transition. I'm pretty good at this. Um, yeah, today <laughs> we're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines, and one of those is going to be prayer because uh, we think that this is kind of the foundation um, and almost a a beginning step to spiritual disciplines and opening it into the other disciplines as well. And so before we get into that, uh, we wanted to kind of talk about prayer in a way of, I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever noticed someone praying, there's definitely different, I guess, techniques or like a go-to prayer position. Um, no. <laughs> I don't know. Like Andre and I have been watching The Last Dance mm-hmm. uh, with Michael Jordan, and so many people model their basketball game after him, and so they shoot like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like in a lot of the same way, I think people pray after other people and how they see oh, yeah. it. And so I think you got different moves out there for prayer. Alex always prays with his eyes open. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's like when you're little and you're at the dinner table and everyone is, you know, praying with their eyes closed. And then right when you're done praying and you look at your sibling and you're like, Mom, Chris had his eyes open. And then he would be like, how would you know unless your eyes were open? Do any of y'all have exactly. families like that? Mm-hmm. No, it totally is. You can't out yourself. That's You just can't do that. That's just I'm, poor. It's so weird. I, have a, I get so distracted when I close my eyes and start imagining things that people are saying. It's the opposite effect on me. Have you have you ever like been around some people and you say, "Hey guys, let's let's hold hands," and then some guy next to you hey, like tries to like waffle or oh, interlace, mm-hmm. like the interlace prayer? Only if you're yeah. close. Come on. Yeah, you just yeah. don't do that. That's not proper yeah. prayer etiquette. Right. I think uh, with that, when we hold hands, I definitely when we're done and we say "Amen," I always do oh, the nice hand squeeze. squeeze. Do you guys yeah. do that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like hitting send on the prayer. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Make sure it, like, it goes up. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I even whisper, send. <laughs> no. Well, um, 
Or what if we actually had these actual conversations in real life, you know, Sam? And uh, you know what, friend? Like, it's just so good to see you, Pastor Sam. And you know what, Mm. Sam? I just really wish that you could just come over, (laughs) Sam. And you know, I just think, Sam, that you could just be um, really cool to hang out with today. So, Sam, Pastor, um, Mm -hmm. friend, um, Samuel, could you just please, (laughs) you know. Sam Dow. uh, Sam Dow. How many times can you say his name differently? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why we do that because I find myself doing that too, of just using different words for God in the middle of me talking and it makes no sense. It's like the filler, somehow the filler word. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. His name is the filler word. (laughs) We should pray about that. Well, when you work with preschool and lower school kids, your prayers are like, you have to learn to stop your prayer in the middle to like you know, throw in a little, like, stop talking or like, Hey, I can see you. Or you like wrap your prayer around, like, dear Lord, I'm just so thankful that everyone here is paying attention right now and not (laughs) rolling around on their back. I'm just thankful that all the kids here are not picking their nose right now. Right. (laughs) You just see them like, or if you've ever like come to like a Bible study and, uh, or just like hanging out with people and you pray and you know that one person's going to walk in late. And so you time it. So you're just like, and I just pray that you would just be with Bill, man, Bill, that guy always whatever's being late. going on. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of people coming in late, you know, we've been doing uh, virtual community groups for middle and upper school students, and when they come in, so I start off all of the community or Bible studies and community groups with prayer, and I wait a couple of minutes to see like when more people are logging on a little late, but um, then whenever we pray, inevitably, like most of the time someone will come like wait come into the meeting room whenever I'm in the middle of a prayer and it kind of makes this noise and so I'm like continuing to pray but also trying to add them into the uh, group and I I literally watch the girls almost like hold their breath like is she gonna be able to continue praying like is she distracted (laughs) and they kind of like it's her prayer level up there yet yeah (laughs) so it's funny yeah you have to reach level seven to be able to do that So in college, I was a, uh, I was a bus boy at like a restaurant. And so you would walk on, you would like walk up on tables and you would be bringing them like their food or you'd be bringing them to like refill things, but you would walk in right as they were praying mm-hmm. or right when they started. And you never knew as like a busser or a waiter to kind of be like a ninja and try to like pour their water without them knowing. And then maybe they or think it's a miracle stand there. Um, or you just kind of stand there awkwardly with their food. And then you get that one guy who like prays for like seven minutes while you're just holding their food. And it's really awkward. Like so you never know. Stand. Yeah. Yes. I'll, yes. I'll exactly. kind of look behind the curtain. If, if a waiter is able to do what you said and do the miracle move where they pour your water and you as the person praying, if you didn't notice, if you open your eye, like that affects their tip in a positive way. Yeah. Like, could you imagine starting to pray and then when you open your eyes, your entire food has been brought out and it's laid on the table without you knowing? Oh my gosh. It would be like exactly. hook. Have y'all seen that? Isn't that what happens yes. in Hook? Bang-a-rang. And all mm-hmm. the food, the feast is just laid out in front of them. Yep. Well, You're then doing it, it, Peter. Well, it's also a hard thing because sometimes prayer is used as a transition. Like if you've ever been at church and the, the guy starts praying and then you open your eyes and the entire band is now on stage already. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what just happened? Uh, nothing has more youth group silencing power than a prayer, by the way. Like if you have a crowd of distracted teenagers. Yeah, that's how we start every chapel. <laughs> every chapel. Yep. All right, we're going to pray now. And even that doesn't work. It's not until I start with Father God. Hush. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a they silence. Grudgingly, like, oh, man. <laughs> I've got to be quiet or God will strike me with lightning. Or God will ruin my Fortnite record.
That's what kids are into, right? Or God will make me lose so. all my Instagram followers. Ah, God's going to eat into my Starbucks budget. That'll break your snap streak. <laughs> yep, he will. He'll do it. He'll, he'll send a, oh, my word. A plague so upon my TikTok account. <laughs> uh, if, I hope this gets left in the podcast, and I hope teenagers hear it, and I hope they know that I, I'm mocking them. I, I don't think that will be hard for them to realize. Yeah, it's going to be a stretch. It's going to be really hard for them. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you talking about me in a bad way? What? <laughs> the shocking everything revelation. Everything I know is a lie. <laughs> Today, everything uh, changes. But I mocked them because I loved them. that's fun and as you as you think about some maybe you guys can talk about uh some funny prayer instances that you guys have seen speaking of prayer yeah well speaking of prayer look at that i did it again good transition good job me um what is prayer uh can one of y'all answer that for me what is prayer so a quick way to put it and what i tell the lower school students when i'm teaching them about prayers prayers talking to god it's talking to him and listening for him but kind of a more thought out way of saying that for the sake of our conversation today. Um, we kind of came up with our working definition is prayer is going to God as both the ruler of all things and loving father who wants to listen to us, bringing him our needs and worries and receiving in return his peace, love, joy, and comfort. Prayer is our ability as humble sinners to access through faith, our God given identity as both children and co-heirs to his kingdom and partner with the Lord to see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven or something like that. That's really good. And I think the reason why we wanted to start with prayer is one of the spiritual disciplines that we'll be going through over the next couple of weeks is because it really does flow into so many of the other spiritual disciplines that we will be talking about. It's incorporated in them. We'll see that in meditation, in Sabbath, um, in studying God's word. And so we wanted to start here because it really does flow into all of these other areas of our relationship with the Lord. And there's a really great Tim Keller quote that um, I wanted to share with you guys. And he says that prayer is the only entryway into genuine self-knowledge. It is also the main way we experience deep change, the reordering of our lives. Prayer is how God gives us so many of the unimaginable things he has for us. Indeed, prayer makes it safe for God to give us many of the things we most desire. It is the way we know God, the way we finally treat God as God. Prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. So we see how transformative prayer is and that it brings us back to recognizing that God is God. And so what are some other reasons why you guys think that prayer is important as a believer? So if you listen to our spiritual disciplines episode um, a little bit earlier in the year, we kind of did a broad covering of just what our spiritual disciplines and kind of quickly mentioned a few and prayer was one of those. And one of the main points of that was the passage of scripture that's Philippians four, um, six through eight, which says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for everything he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's a lot there, but there's even more. In verse 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy in praise. So as we're talking about prayer today, kind of the two main things that we're going to be focusing on is prayer in relation to thought, because that's what you see Paul kind of relates the two. There's so much relationship between your mind and your prayer life, but also um, something that we really don't want to be lost as anybody can relate to why is prayer important is because it's God's way of giving us a way to surrender things to him. The things that we have no control over in life, which is most things, the things that cause us worry and stress. And when things don't go according to our plan, he's giving us an opportunity to go to him and first off, thank him for the things that have been blessing to us. Remind ourselves, oh yeah, God cares about us. And then from that posture, ask him to continue blessing us, to continue meeting your needs and being God in our lives. Yeah, I guess to that, I would say prayer is not so much about getting as it is about being and becoming. And Mm -hmm. so um, in Christ, we have all things. You know, just read Ephesians. You have been blessed. You have been given. You are seated with Christ. You have been united with him. You have been sealed with the spirit. You have received every spiritual blessing in high, in heavenly places. Um, there is nothing more than God that God has left to pour out over you. You have it. Um, A quick way to sum it up might be prayer is reminding yourself who God is and who you are. Yeah, which goes back to Philippians 4, which says why it says fix mm-hmm. your minds. It's about fixing your mind, setting your mind on something, not necessarily receiving something as much as it is going to where the thing already is. I love too, we see throughout scripture that there's a calling to be devoted to prayer. We see that that's what the early church was doing in first Corinthians. There's a call to be devoted to prayer. And so I love this idea that there is a devotion to this and that it's not just a, um, a, non-emotional coming to the Lord because it's a discipline and it's on my to-do list. But instead I have a desire to come before the Lord and um, understand exactly what you were saying, understand who he is and who I am in light of that and have my mind fixed on him. And there Mm -hmm. is a communal devotion to that. So I just think that's a beautiful thing that we see in scripture. So I guess going along that vein, why, why would, prayer be important? I think prayer reveals so much of God's character and his nature as a relational God who desires this relationship between creator and creation with us, because a constant motif throughout scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, is God withholding himself from acting until his people pray, until his prophets or his people are coming to him. And he says it directly many times that until my people pray, like he won't act. And so it's important to, to note there that it's not like God needs us to give him permission to pray. Mm -hmm. He's just, that's him revealing his character that he wants us to come to him. He wants us to choose him. He wants us to pray and partner so that we can get more of him because that's ultimately what God's, desire is, is to draw his children close to him and to return us to him. And why prayer? Like, why is prayer important? Because it works. Mm -hmm. It does something like that's how God has chosen to reveal himself to us and how Mm -hmm. God has chosen to act in our world in ways that we can see. And what we see in the Bible is when his people pray, God shows up. That's so good, Sam. And I think it's too, like, our prayers are not giving God more information from what he 
already knows. Like he already knows all things. And so it's not like he's right. getting this new piece of information that then makes him change his mind to answer a prayer, but instead exactly what you're saying, that prayer is the means by which he has chosen to move. And it does work. I love in James, at the beginning of the book of James, he talks about if any of you lacks wisdom, then pray for it and pray to the God that gives generously. And then at the end of James, he talks, it says, um, James 5, starting in verse 16, it says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power at as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And so that's just wild to think about. And James is pointing back to someone in the Old Testament saying, it does work. Like Elijah was a righteous man praying on behalf of God's will, not for his own um, desire, but for what would further God's will. And that prayer was answered and God was faithful in that. Um, I think a question that I hear very often is what, what's the point of praying if God is sovereign? Why would you pray if God is already sovereign over all things, then what's the point of, why would he give us that as an option? Absolutely. That's a, and that's a great question. And then it usually comes from people rightly observing uh, God's reign over everything. He's, he's a king. He's a ruler. Um, and with that much power comes an incredible amount of control. And yet we have this thing in the Bible like choice and responsibility or will, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. So what do we do with those things? And so a lot of people fall into the trap of believing because God is so powerful. He must have so much control that I don't have to pray. Uh, But -hmm. if you just follow that thread, if he's sovereign, this same sovereign God who has all power, all authority is telling you to pray. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if a sovereign being is telling you to pray, you pray. That's point number one. Uh, Point number two is that because his primary agency in the Bible never seems to invade our secondary agency. Um, And so I guess the easiest way to play that out is like when you look at the Bible, it is clear that God assists people with the choices they make. It's absolutely clear that God assists people with the choices they make. God helps us choose life with him or he helps us go our own way, even if that means we want to ignore him. Uh, I don't know why God is that patient with us. (laughs) I don't know why God does it that way, but that's pretty clear. In, in scripture. Um, and yeah. so even w- when you see that, when you think about that, that means even if you're trying to return to God, if that's your choice, that means God assists you there too. That means God yeah. is assisting you in coming back to him. And so we have this choice. We've been given the Holy Spirit. And over and over, you'll find phrases in the scripture, in the New Testament, where it's not just don't do anything because God is sovereign, but instead things like because God is sovereign, because Jesus did everything for you, put on the armor uh, of faith, put on uh, the new spirit or the new man and put off the old self. You'll constantly hear these terms of choosing, right? Uh, so in other words, you you choose. You choose whether you will pray or not. You choose whether you'll be self-centered or not. You'll choose how you'll spend your time. You'll choose what voices get to speak into your life and form you. And prayer is this way of saying, I choose God's voice to form me. Uh, I choose the the sovereign reign and rule of the Lord to be the story that I live yeah. and am formed by. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to add to that of, you know, why is prayer important? Um, well, you would, 
you would honestly be doing also a disservice to yourself. And I do a disservice to myself whenever I don't pray to the Lord, because my entire being, the reason why I exist is to glorify and to have a relationship with the Lord. And so if I'm neglecting that, then I'm also neglecting my purpose. I'm neglecting the fulfillment that mm-hmm. I was created to have with the Lord. And so yeah. that is the big issue and the big um, problem with sin is that it creates this distance that we cannot be in relationship with God. It the, the the tragedy of Genesis 3 when sin enters the world isn't that we don't get to be in the Garden of Eden anymore. It's that we don't get to be in the presence of God anymore, that we don't get to have that relationship with God anymore. And prayer is that communication that we have with the Lord um, to speak with Him. And so it would almost be like, hey, I love my wife, but I'm never going to talk to her. I don't really think it's important. Why is it important that I would actually talk to Andrea? Like, why would I do that? Well, I would do that because I love her and I want to be with her. And so the same should be true of us for those who say, I love the Lord. Well, it makes sense that it would, I want to talk with the Lord. I want to praise the Lord for his goodness and for who he is. It just makes sense. And that's why we pray because God is worthy of our attention and our affection and our prayers. Mm Absolutely. Yeah, I I can't understand how you could possibly live a life glorifying God without prayer. Yeah, it's it's incredibly valuable for the formation of the Christian. Um, there, in essence, like it is impossible, absolutely impossible, to become who you're supposed to be in Christ without prayer. Uh, prayerlessness cannot result in you becoming. Uh, the image of uh, of Christ that you were meant to be, right? And there's a famous Martin Luther quote. It says, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Um, so that's, that's highly, highly valuable and highly important. Another question that I think is kind of commonly asked about prayer is something that well, makes sense is, is there a right or wrong way to pray? I try to use as many these and thous as I can. Um, and so it kind of, it kind of works like whenever I wrote essays in English class, I would try Mm -hmm. to look up a thesaurus or just use as many fluffy words as possible to make it look good. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, you know, I think if we do that, then we get God's attention more. Right. So another way of asking the question is like, (laughs) do, do our prayers have to be eloquent? Do they have to sound good? And then even little practical things like, um, do we have to take our hat off when we pray? Cause that's in the new Testament. So like, does God just like not listen if we're wearing a hat while we pray? Like it's, it's these little things of like, is there a right or wrong way to pray? Which kind of leads to the, really the real question there is where's your heart at when you're praying? So does it matter if your eyes are open or closed? Um, does it matter if you pray out loud? I hope not. I pray with my eyes open. <laughs> hey, when you're doing uh, prayer around youths, you do not close your eyes around youths. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't trust them. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think those are uh, those questions kind of solve themselves when you just really think about what prayer is. Uh, you're talking to God. And so I think there's definitely a wrong way to pray. Uh, is there a right way to pray? Not really. There are some really mm-hmm. helpful way to pr- uh, helpful ways to pray. Mm-hmm. There are very yeah. historical ways the church has prayed. Um, one of the ones that we've probably lost is praying through the Psalms. The Psalms is a prayer book. 
um, this is okay. something that I've recently picked up in my life, like praying the Psalms. Uh, do you know that for most of church history, this is how people prayed uh, for a, a number of reasons. Number one, and I think this is super awesome for us today, it rescues you from your feelings. Like if you're a slave to feelings for prayer, like your feelings dictate your prayer, like, hey, I don't feel it, so I don't pray. You know what Psalm, praying the Psalms does? Rescues you from that. <laughs> like the Psalms doesn't care what you're feeling. It's going to say, pray this. And this, and if we're going to be Christians, I say this is the living and breathing and active word of God. That means Psalms is still alive and breathing and active today. And so that means we can pray it and pray it with confidence. And so praying through Psalms is something the church has always done. And it rescues you from the trap of, of oh, I don't feel like it today, or I don't know what to pray, or I can't mm. think of it, or it's too hard. Don't worry. Psalms has got you. Psalms yeah. has already written some prayers for you and they are awesome and they are deep and they are rich. Do you know that about a third of the Psalms are lament Psalms? Uh, like Psalms of expressing just frustration and pain and angst with a broken world. Uh, I mean, I need that, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I need those prayers and I'm so thankful those prayers are in there. And then there's prayers of adoration when I don't know how to adore God. There's prayers of adoration in there. And there's prayers of, Lord, I need to repent and I don't know how. There's prayers of that in there. Man, if we could recover the the lost art of praying through the Psalms, I think we'd find it not just easier to pray, but more beneficial to pray Mm -hmm. as well. And I think it does. It teaches you the right heart posture, like the Psalms of Lament, like you were talking about. We watch um, David in the Psalms. He is just so, he so beautifully crafts his prayers in a way to where he shares all of his feelings and emotions and is very vulnerable with the Lord of how he feels toward him. And then you watch him come to the end and be like, okay, even if I, you know, in, in Psalm 13, we see David crying out saying, how long, O Lord, until I hear you again, until I see what you're doing. And he's just begging the Lord to see what he is doing in his life right now. And then at the end it says, okay, but I can remember all of the things that you have done in my days and I know who you are and your character. And so he's teaching us, okay, when we are in a season where we can't hear the Lord, and we don't know what to do, we can still express all of those feelings to the Lord. But at the end of the day, what we rely on is I still know God's character and that it's steadfast and I can lean on that and I can look back at my life and see his faithfulness. And so I'm going to remind myself and teach myself to look back at those things. And so I think you're right. Psalms does really teach us Mm. um, how to have the correct heart posture. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. I think that whenever we just rely upon our own words, um, we are reliant upon our passion and perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's true. And and it's incomplete. And so if we just rely upon our own words to pray to God, it's going to be insufficient. Um, yeah. Dang, that's good. And so I think what Courtney said is really beautiful because whenever we come before the Lord, we cast all of our anxiety mm-hmm. upon God. We cast all of our cares, all of our troubles. Um, but I, I typically find whenever I do that, that the more I look at these issues in my life, they become so trivial to the goodness and greatness of God. Mm-hmm. And that perspective of, I can't handle these things. I don't know what to do with them, but I know you can. And I also know because of your word, like Alex is saying, I know your word is true and your word declares you as good 
and righteous and holy, and you're my father who you love me, and I can trust you. And so that that petition of laying down my almost like petitions and cries and all those things turns into a, can you carry this for me? Rather than a blaming of God, it transitions into a, I can give this to you because you can handle it and I can't. Um, And often we say this, but praying also reveals to us and, and lets us feel the weight of this, that we're not God and we can't handle it. And there's something really freeing about that because our culture says you have to do it. You have to deal with it. Be a man, be a woman, be strong. But prayer is the acknowledgement of I'm not strong enough for this and I need someone to help me in this and I need to come before the Lord because he can do it. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. So we've been, we've been talking about praying the Psalms and one of the things about the Psalms, the way it's constructed is that it comes at a point in the Bible when the Bible was being constructed, it's actually prayers about the story thus far. Does that make sense? These stores are these these prayers are constructed based on the story these people knew to that point. And even some prayers pointing forward to the story we now are are, are living in. And so um it, these books were born out of the story of the Bible. These books, these prayers, these hymns uh were were born out of the true historical narrative of the Bible thus far. And so uh, even for us today, one thing that'll really, really boost our prayer life and even help us to pray more rightly, um, not that there's a the right way to pray, but more rightly, more away from wrong, is to know the Bible. When we know the story, we know God's purpose, when we know what who he's trying to make us into, when we know the qualities and characters and the promises of God, throughout scripture, we're more ready as Christians to by faith, latch on to those again, words mm-hmm. of God and pray the story and pray ourselves into the story and ongoing mission of God that continues to this day. And one of the things that, that this does is it calls us back to remembrance, right? Like God did it here. Like and I need to remember, and there's these Ebenezer moments in the in the Bible, um, and uh, you know I, I've heard Taylor mention this before. Uh, you care to talk a little bit about that, about like Ebenezer moments in Scripture and how those play out in prayer? Yeah, um, yeah. Ebenezer's it's a really cool word in our Bible, and you might have heard it in the song where it says, "Here I raise my Ebenezer." Right, like you've we've heard that psalm before or that hymn, and and what that was was it's called a stone of remembrance. Um, and what happened, we see this, for example, in first Samuel, uh, chapter seven, verse 12, um, the, the God's people had just had an amazing victory, uh, because of the Lord's help. And so what they did is they set up these stones, um, and they said as generations, and also as we pass by this place, we'll see these stones and we'll remember what God has done for us. Hmm. And we'll remember who we are, that we are his children. And so it's a really beautiful thing that these stones would remind them in their daily life, right? There's, there's no ceremony. It was just a walk by. It was a seeing, a glancing, but it would strike the memory of who God is and who they were. Um, and so one thing that would maybe just be helpful for us as we want to become more a people of prayer is that we would set up things in our daily life that would remind us of who God is and what he has done. 
Um, and so these, these Ebenezer's were just ways for people to remember, because honestly, um, whenever we just forget who God is and who we are, that's when anxiety happens. Uh, that's, that's whenever we become afraid. I, I heard a quote uh, from Andy Crouch. Uh, he said that anxiety is imagining the future without Jesus. Mm. Um, and so wow. whenever we pray, we remember Jesus. We remember the power of that's God. Good. We remember his faithfulness. And so whenever you feel yourself becoming anxious about the future because you're worried, because right now it's very uncertain about finances, about job, about family, whatever that is, it means that we're just imagining that Jesus won't be with us in the future yeah. and that we're not trusting that he is good and that he'll be faithful. And so uh, prayer reminds us of who he is. Yeah, that's so good, Taylor. <laughs> so I think back to um, Sam's question of, is there a right or a wrong way to pray? One of the things that I think of is how Paul went to the people and said, hey, I haven't come to you sharing the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, but instead it was meeting them where they were at. And I think if that's the way that Paul was doing ministry and bringing the gospel to people, how much more can we feel that when we go to our father, our heavenly father, that we don't have to go to him with lofty speech or with wisdom, but rather we can share our hearts. And so I love this picture of what we've talked about of um, reading, praying through the Psalms and teaching ourselves the way that we can pray to the Lord, but also allowing ourselves the freedom that God knows us in full. Back to Psalm 139, that he knit us together in our mother's womb. And so there's nothing we have to hide from him. And so trying to make a higher level of wisdom um, is not going to pass on the Lord. Like It's not like we're going to um, trick him in that. And so I think laying aside the need that we may feel to come to the Lord with that, allows for a lot of freedom in it. So what are some other practical ways that we can view a prayer? What are ways that we can incorporate it into our lives and make it as a rhythm in our lives? Yeah, one real helpful rhythm for me has been just the three times a day prayer where I pray. So right when I think about these, I think about rhythms like liturgies, right? Liturgies are just you're you're practicing something. You're rehearsing. That's what a liturgy is. What are you rehearsing? And I realized that I was rehearsing the pattern of the world by the first thing that I did every single morning was grab my phone. Um, and mm. that I was being conditioned by the world to, to look at their algorithms, their uniquely designed apps and scroll through the three, three same apps to get a certain response in my brain. Um, and so first thing in the morning became one where I go to prayer before I go to the, the, the phone. I go to the Bible before I go to the phone. Um, and then midday, uh, before I eat, before I go to try to eat with somebody, just making sure that my, my half point through my day is, is, Hey, this is a rhythm I'm establishing. I am going to be praying halfway through the day. Um, and then again, towards the end of my day, um, because I think often that's when I most need it. Cause there's a lot that went on, uh, throughout the day that I need to bring, uh, to the Lord, whether that's through a psalm or even just my personal heart, just crying out to the Lord. And I think it's a good reminder, too, for all of you to hear that with prayer as a spiritual discipline and all of the other ones that we'll be talking about, I feel confident to speak for all four of us that we wouldn't claim to be masters of any of these disciplines, but this is a lifelong process of sanctification. And so we're going to continue to grow in all of these areas alongside all of you. And even with 
prayer, any of the disciplines, I think that there are different seasons where we can allow ourselves to let this discipline fall fresh on us, if that makes sense. And so for different parts of my life, a prayer journal has just been deeply influential in my relationship with the Lord and um, growing my walk with God in depth and relying on him for different things. Um, processing, it's helped me process through um, what the Lord is doing. And it's also given me kind of those Ebenezer stones of looking back at old prayer journals and being like, oh my gosh, God showed up in unimagined, like I could never imagine the ways that he was going to answer my prayers abundantly more is what I'm seeing. And it's just such a gift that, um, I'm able to see. And sometimes it's looking back at the lament prayers and the sorrow and brokenness and seeing the way that the Lord, um, over time healed my heart as I continued to come back to his feet. And so that's That's something that's been really helpful for me is not anything special. It's literally just a journal, um, where I've kind of taken after David's, uh, way in the Psalms and just prayed my heart to the Lord, um, and, submitted things to him that were going on in my life during that time or just processing through the piece of scripture that I was reading that day and turning it into a prayer. So that's been helpful for me. I think one thing that's important just in practicality of how we pray is to also understand your position in this. Um, And what I mean by that is to know who you're talking to because who you talk to changes, right? The position of the person you're talking to changes how you speak with them. Like you're going to talk differently whenever you're talking around your boss. Um, or I would probably talk differently if I was talking to the president of the United States, um, differently than if I was talking to like a seventh grade boy, right? Like there's a, a difference in formality. There's a difference in comfort, like of, of comfortable there's a difference in being comfortable around that person and knowing who you are and who God is, that he is God, he is King, but he's also our father. Um, Mm. And so knowing that you don't have to have all the right formal things to say, you don't have to have seminary training in order Mm. to um, catch the ear of God for him to listen to you. You don't have to do these rituals for him to care about what you're going to say or who you are. It's that you are his son or daughter and he loves you. And there's a privilege that comes with being a son or daughter. Um, you get to talk to the king, not as a king, but as your daddy, um, as one who loves you, that there is a, um, a sincerity that you get to have with your dad that nobody else does in the world. Like think to your own parents and know that you get to speak to them in a way that nobody else does. Um, and that's what we get to do with the Lord that he is powerful, that there is a dignity and respect that we have towards the Lord, but there should not be a trepidation in going to the Lord because we have been made right because of the blood of Jesus, that we are adopted as co-heirs to the kingdom uh, because of what has been done for us. And so we get to approach, um, it says in Hebrews, that we get to approach the throne of grace with confidence um, because of Christ. And I think that's a really great way to start there, that it doesn't have to be a super formal thing where you sit down, everything's quiet, you have candles in the background, you got Hillsong playing for you or whatever you listen to. And it's only in that certain scene that you can talk to the Lord. Um, it's in the everyday, everyday moments that we get to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. 
And that's what we've been called to do is to pray without ceasing. And so I think it really is, Taylor, what you're saying is viewing God as our father. And that's why Jesus called us to a childlike faith is a child has no hesitation going to their parent about things or sharing every detail of their day or whatever that might be. And so training ourselves to naturally turn to the Lord, even in the mundane parts of our day, can really transform our relationship with him. I don't pray anywhere near as often as I wish that I did. And especially like, even as we are talking about this topic, like I'm feeling convicted, like, man, I wish I prayed more. And it's actually kind of fun um, and a little embarrassing to like go back and think about how I used to pray. Um, I didn't get saved and become a Christian until I was like 17 years old. And it was a really awkward stumbling road. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who is like really concerned with, um, or nervous about praying because they think it won't sound good. Trust me, I've been there. Um, don't make fun of me. There was like literally an entire phase where anytime I prayed in a group, whether it was like at church or with family, um, like with my friend's family that were Christians, I would always throw in the troops just oh. because I thought that was Pray something for the you had to do. <laughs> literally awesome, like before any before dinner prayer, like I just... I, that's how little I knew about it before. And so I feel for you. I relate to you. If you're um, somebody who's like hearing all this and knowing like, well, this is all true and this is all good, but I just don't really know where to start or where to jump in. And so my suggestion would be start with the places that it does seem natural. It does seem like it fits in your life to pray. So like before meals, um, that's kind of a habit that a lot of people do. And like we said, those are maybe not the most genuine prayers or just kind of a religious habit or something, but that's honestly, that's a great place to start. Make it more than that because there's nothing wrong with praying for your meal. In fact, that's a great thing to be thankful for. Um, that's part of the Lord's prayer. Thanks for our daily bread. Thank you, God, for providing this for us and just, you know, take that as a jumping off point of how can I get deeper and expand my prayer life even more? Um, and, you know, the next time you say, God, thanks for this food, I would recommend just pausing and asking yourself, like, are you really thankful for this food? And imagine what it would be like without it and what it would be like without God. And that does the natural desire for prayer will rise up in you. All right. Well, that's all that we have for today on this topic. There have been books and books and other podcasts and sermons and everything else that you could go uh, to find for prayer. This is by no means an exhaustive podcast on the importance of prayer, the practicality, how to how to actually pray in our daily life. But we hope that this has been beneficial for you and your family as you listen and um, we hope and we pray uh, that we would be a people of prayer. And so uh, we love you. We miss you. We long to be uh, with you again at Liberty, uh, pursuing the things of God together. But until that time, uh, we hope that this is um, a good replacement uh, to getting to be with you guys. And so we love you. We'll be praying for you and we'll see you. I guess not. Well, <laughs> we'll talk to you. You soon. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Not going to see you at all. Uh, but we love you. Bye. You are listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life.